0: Welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go-A-U-Fur. With me this week is Andy, GopherGuy05. Hello. And Blake, Iowa Gopher.
1: As always, a pleasure to be here.
0: All right, well, you join us, friends, in Northwestern Week. But before we can talk about the very Big Ten oddity that is a decent to good Northwestern defense and the worst offense in America almost... Uh, we have to talk about Iowa. There was a great takes less filling. Obviously, Street and I recap that. If you haven't listened and you feel like reliving Saturday, sure, go ahead and listen. We'll we'll take the clicks. But we're about four days out from from the Iowa loss, and I just kind of wanted to check in and see how everybody's feeling. Blake, I know you know being from Iowa, it was obviously an especially difficult loss for you. How are you feeling uh, now that you know you've had some time to to reflect on things?
1: Uh, I would say the the sting has um, lessened. I guess over the four days, um, doesn't quite sting as bad as it did at first. Uh, I mean, those that first like probably twenty four hours um, it was pretty tough. Pretty tough. It's a tough uh, loss to swallow because, like, I think for me personally, the way I was kind of looking at it was I uh, I have no illusions that this team is going to win the Big Ten, considering how good Ohio State is. But I was really kind of hooking my my letter or whatever to them going 12 and 0 and winning the big 10 west that that to me was kind of the dream there so um and honestly my biggest worry was that they would beat penn state get that huge win and then walk into connect the following week and lose the perfect season and have just this letdown right after this huge program defining win which as we know is exactly what happened um and you know, as you mentioned, I have a personal connection to the state of Iowa, and I've grew, I've grown up around obnoxious Hawkeye fans. So it's, you know, I've heard from a few of them since then. Um, most, I'd say, have kind of behaved themselves, understanding the kind of the magnitude of that that loss for the team. But uh, you know, the one thing I think we've all talked about, both on the blog and you know, in our Slack channels among um, our staff, is just maintaining perspective and. Um, that's been tough. I mean, it's tough when like you, we still have, you know, two games left and, um, the Iowa game just happened. There's a whole week in between and you don't really know what, what's, what's going to come. You know, anything can happen this Saturday or against Wisconsin. But, uh, the important thing, you know, is Minnesota's goals are still ahead of them. They can still win the big 10 West. Um, the Rose Bowl is still very much in play. Um, and I, that, that's, that's what I started to focus on as I've gotten farther away from, um, the Iowa game. So the more distance, um, the more I'm kind of able to maintain that perspective. But, uh, you know, I think it's, there's no getting around the fact that it was kind of a missed opportunity. I mean, 12-0 and 0 is very difficult to do, um, and this seemed like an ideal opportunity or an ideal time to get that done. But, uh, you know, losses happen, and you just got to move on to next week, on to Northwestern 0-0. Zero and zero. You know, I think the
0: thing that, really struck me I, I I feel like I put this into the the, the uh, post game roundtable but it Penn State to me feels like it would be the biggest game for the program profile wise of the year I mean if game day comes for the Wisconsin game obviously I think that game will arguably be not arguably will be much higher profile overall in terms of overall overall exposure for the for the gophers but Without that, separate from that, Penn State is easily the the highest profile game Minnesota has played since 2003, and we've always we've all talked, of course, how it's you know potentially the biggest game since the 60s. But in the modern era, it's you know
1: one of the top two biggest profile games. i was say the buildup for that week was just insane.
0: Oh yeah, completely. And so to have a win like that is so huge and very much enjoyable as a fan. But the thing of it is, is that you don't hate Penn State. You don't don't hate Penn State the way you hate uh, Iowa or the way you hate Wisconsin. And so it's really interesting to me to reflect and realize that the Penn State game could be this massive game, huge for the program, important to fans, and then realize that in the grand scheme of things, losing to Penn State would not have nearly the sting that losing to Iowa would or that losing to Wisconsin would in a year that even with a loss to one or both of those programs, is still going to be a very good year. But you just, you have that rivalry element where it, there's a reason people talk about, well, we could only go six and six, but if we beat Wisconsin, I could be happy. And you know that's not really true. But at the same time, you know, there's a part of that statement that is accurate at the same time. I, Andy, I mean, is there any part of that, that that plays out for you in terms of how you evaluate, you know, a loss to Iowa at this point in the season?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, it stings, but you have, do have to remember that Iowa is a good team. It's not like we lost to a say a you know a two and Illinois uh, Illinois <laughs> or even like a two and eight Iowa team. I mean, Iowa's legitimately ranked seventeenth, I think, in the in the playoffs this week. I mean. It for as much as everybody's sarcastically joking, it obviously counted as a quality loss for Minnesota as the Gophers, as we'll get to in a little bit, only dropped from eight to ten in the in the college football playoff rankings this week. So I mean, it's not like we we blew a game against an awful team. I mean, I was good and they're good at home. Um, you know, their three losses this year were all to teams ranked in the top twenty-five and by a combined fourteen points. So I mean. You you can be frustrated and disappointed in the way the Gophers lost, um, not showing up for the first twenty eight minutes of the game, um, but I don't think there's any shame in losing to that Iowa team in Kinnick. Um, it's like I said, it's definitely more painful because it's a rivalry game and things like that. But I think you know if you're looking at how you look at it as a as a what game was more important for the program. Goal-achieving-wise, I think beating Penn State was a lot bigger than losing to Iowa. Because without that win over Penn State, you never jump up as high as you did. I mean, even if if we reverse it, say we lose to Penn State and beat Iowa, the Gophers are still ranked 15, 16 in the college football playoffs right now. Um, You know, the loss to Iowa stings, but in theory, everything you're playing for, except for the perfect season, is still alive. If you win out, you are win the Big Ten West. If you somehow beat Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, you're right on the college football playoff bubble. Bare minimum, you're going to the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, so everything is still there in front of them, and I think I I trust P.J. Fleck and, and the rest of the Gopher coaching staff to get these guys refocused and go. All right, you know, we had our blip, big deal. You know, you've got two games left. You know, or one oh and in the Northwestern season, 0 and oh in the Wisconsin season. Um, the trick is going to be getting around their heads, and I think the Thanksgiving holiday next week will help because I do think, assuming everything holds steady and Gophers beat Northwestern, Wisconsin beats Purdue next week, that Wisconsin game literally, and I mean literally, will be the biggest game this Gopher program has played since probably the 1940s. Um, it's, it's the difference between a great season and a citrus or outback bull berth and a holy crap, that just happened season that will live in Gopher History forever. No pressure or anything like that. But obviously we gotta get past <laughs> we gotta get past Northwestern this week. But but literally, that game has the potential to be the biggest football game played in the state of Minnesota in seventy years.
0: Alright, so we'll get to Northwestern in a second, but I think you've also you know, talked about the, the college football playoff rankings, both of you, so we should quickly get to those. I'm going to ask for just a rapid-fire answer from each of you, and then we can expand. Do you actually care about the playoff rankings at any point, knowing that Minnesota basically at any point, uh, no matter where they were after Penn State or after Iowa, they just winning out was always really what was necessary? Blake, we'll start with you. Uh, if we're
1: just doing rapid-fire and then explaining, it's, I'll say yes. I do care you do care? Andy, do you care?
2: Um, yes to a level, but it'll take a more detailed answer for me.
0: All right. So I, I'll, I'll go first. The answer for me is no, but that's like, no, as a fan, I care only in the sense that I know it's important for the program and I know it's important for recruiting, but as a fan, I really don't care whether or not like, this outside respect thing is given. I, Penn State's 8, we 10. Is that disrespectful? Does it make sense? I just don't really care. And that's where it's at for me. Like, I think it, for me, it's always been they have to win and go undefeated to make the playoff. That's always been my opinion. So for me, it's just like, I mean, whatever they're ranked, if they go undefeated, they're in the playoff. Blake, do you want to expand more about why you care?
1: Yeah, and I would say... um it- it's a difference of what I, what exactly I care about. Um, because i be honest, I love that. I have a reason to tune into um, the college football playoff selection show every week. And because this is the first time um, really in history, I know that they were ranked uh, lower in the poll. I think back in 2014 um, for the, those final couple of weeks when they're at a chance at the big 10 West, but just like to me, it's just so cool to see the program, you know, in the top 10, like it, it's just, I don't think we've, Really taking a ticket a moment to think about how crazy this is, that this team is literally in the top 10 um, in the country in the college football playoff rankings. I know that eventually, like, I'm not hand-wringing over their spot in the playoffs um, because I know that if they control their destiny, if they win out, win the Big Ten, they're probably going to be in the playoff. Um, if they don't make it, I'm not really going to be that upset because I don't know. I, honestly, I'm not that confident that they would go far in the playoff. I don't know if they're quite to the point of the LSUs, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, Um, but I just love seeing this team rank in the top 10 and like actually having a reason to care about the rankings for once. Um, I mean, I'm starting to take notice that the committee's criteria tends to shift from week to week and isn't always applied, isn't always applied uh, (laughs) across the, evenly evenly across the board, uh, which is interesting, but I mean, it's just nice to have a reason to care for once um, in my opinion.
0: I love it. They've been really bad at this thing and, have been all over the place for years, but now we care. <laughs> yes,
1: now I've finally noticed. I finally have a reason to care.
0: <laughs> all right, Andy, you wanna explain your your qualified yes.
1: Yeah, you know, it's sort of it's
2: it's taken a little bit from those answers. So you know, I guess for myself personally as a fan, I'm sort of on, on Chris's side where, you know, I, I, I I'm not clinging on on the announcement every every time it's announced and waiting for to see where the Gophers are and things like that. But I do think for a program it's a big deal, both for recruiting and both for, you know, where we're at and where we can end up at the end of the year. Um, obviously, you know, playing playing a Wisconsin team that's ranked fairly highly right behind us is is gonna be a big thing at the end of the year and, and we'll adjust things and you know, I'm not I'm not hand wringing that Penn State's ahead of us right now because, you know, recency bias and things like that and one would expect even just beating Northwestern if we beat Northwestern and Penn State as long as they lose by a couple touchdowns to Ohio State, which I think is fairly likely, you know, we'll leapfrog them again going into the last week of the year. So it, it's all about what you've done lately, but the fact is, you know, what we've done lately is something that hasn't been done around here, well, frankly, ever, since, you know, they obviously didn't have anything but the AP poll back in the in the 60s. So, um, no, it, it, it's 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 important to see Minnesota up in that in that top 10 spot. But, you know, again, I'm not going to be clinging on it every Tuesday night, hand-wringing, trying to decipher why we're 9 instead of 8 next week or something like that.
0: Do you think it has something to do with this program's relationship with success? And I mean that in, I think I, I, I just started to realize, as you guys were talking, for me, I wonder if, The fact that I care much more deeply about the Rose Bowl, logically knowing that the playoff is the big thing and that's what matters for the program now, but for me personally, caring more about going to a Rose Bowl, I I find myself actually caring more about the AP and coaches poll rankings than I do Like somehow mentally caring more about them. Not really caring, but just, I don't know. They come out on Sunday. I think I grew up with the AP and the coaches poll. I grew up with those coming out on Sunday. I grew up with caring about the Rose Bowl. And somehow not having been in a position to be a part of those rankings or or go to a Rose Bowl, like, I think I just, by habit, just sort of care more about those. And then maybe if I have a chance to experience those highs, then I can get jacked for the
2: playoff. But I don't know. That's where I'm at, I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's still a fact that, you know, and obviously we we're, this whole season is changing expectations and stuff like that, but, you know, we've been drilled in for the last, 50-some years, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, and, and never really thought that Minnesota was like, okay, college football playoff, yeah, whatever, you know. We're, we've we just, you know, as a program, never thought like that, never thought that that was actually a reasonable goal. And and so it's, you know, one of those things that I think it's still taking some time for fans to sort of get their heads around it and go, no, I mean, literally, if, if things play out the right way, you could actually see Minnesota in that. And so that's where it's sort of, you know, once you go through this a year or two, I almost think it'll be a bigger deal because that's when you can start to micro analyze where things are. Whereas right now, I think we're still in that honeymoon of the holy crap, we're in the top ten and we're just happy to be there and hope that it you know everything plays out towards the end of the year that it gets us to, to Pasadena. But you know if we would end up in end up at atla- in Atlanta in the playoff, I mean I, obviously nobody here is going to say no 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 we don't want that. But I still think it's a it's a far enough long shot dream that nobody's really try to share how to get their heads around that, that it is still a possibility
0: I think that's a good reminder too that if you're holding back on enjoying the season in any way and if you are don't think you're weird I actually realized partway through the year that I was just waiting for the shoe to drop the loss to come didn't matter who even if I didn't think we should lose um don't do that. Like, I need to keep reminding myself to enjoy this season a little more sometimes because I, I've just been hedging it for some reason. So if you're out there doing the same thing, uh, let's all go enjoy this a little more together, I think, because this is truly a special season. All right, so if the special season is going to continue, they need to beat Northwestern. The Gophers absolutely have to beat Northwestern. Losing to Northwestern would just... Okay, That would that would piss me off. Like... Even if Tanner Morgan is out, Minnesota's the better team. And frankly, I have not, have not seen a ton from our freshman quarterbacks, but I'm confident enough with our wide receiver core that if our defense plays the way they should, our offense should be able to score enough points to outscore Northwestern. Northwestern is bad, legitimately bad. And we're going to turn to Blake briefly to kind of tease out exactly how bad they are. So... Blake, if you had to describe uh in just a just a handful of words their offense's futility, what would you say? Oh man, in a few words, um Yeah, keep it as simple as possible. I want I want you to go bold with the word choices so that we can insult any Nebraska listeners or sorry, Northwestern listeners we have.
1: Brutal? Um Man, this just this offense defies description, honestly. <laughs> I just—it's hard to put into like tiny words just how bad this offense really is.
0: I mean, at one point they had gone what like thirty-six quarters without a touchdown or something.
1: Oh, they've only and they've only scored seven touchdowns in seven Big Ten games this season. Oh wait, they've really? Yeah, they've scored seven t- seven total touchdowns because they—that's well, inflated slightly because they got three against um, Purdue. So when they
0: scored what, like six touchdowns last week against UMass. They would basically matched their Big Ten season to this point against UMass.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Ugh. It's bad. That's, that's, okay, so do we have to, I mean, do you, what's your personal opinion? My For anyone who hasn't paid attention, UMass got blown out because of, is it Evan Hall?
1: Is that his name? Yes, Evan Hall, yeah
0: evan hull the running back freshman uh for northwestern had a really great game he's played uh, in, a, in a couple other games at this point it looks to be that he's maxed out his four games so if he was to play against minnesota he would be burning his redshirt. one would hope if you're a North- northwestern fan that Fitz wants to save a year on this kid if he's any good and if you're a minnesota fan he looks like he's good so it would be in our favor too uh, do you uh, do you have any guesses as to what you think will happen? You know, with your mind meld with Coach Fitz.
1: Um, in terms of Evan Hull, uh, I would I would expect he'd sit him. I don't with Fitzgerald. I just don't know. Um, the thing with Hull is um, he really hadn't done much prior to the UMass game. I mean, he played in three games and in one he didn't even record um, a stat. But I, I don't even th- I, don't, I don't even know if he had like hundred receiving or, or hundred rushing yards on the season before that game. Um, so they, against UMass, who we should add is going through a very tough period in their program. I think they've got something like 50 to 60 scholarship players due to, you know, transfers, injuries, um, things like that. And I, he had like 200 and some rushing yards, and four touchdowns against them. So that's really been his only one good game all season. So I don't know if I'm even threatened by him playing on Saturday, not how much of a difference it's going to make, um, because really, honestly, running the ball has not really been their main issue. Um, their main issue has been at, specifically at quarterback. Um, they're on their third string quarterback um, because their starter got injured. T.J. Green got injured first game. Then Hunter Johnson, the Clemson transfer started. Um, he ended up throwing more interceptions than touchdowns over his next three games. He got hurt. So now they're on this redshirt junior Aiden Smith, who has also thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. Um, very, if you haven't noticed, very turnover prone team, even fumbling the ball too. I think they, um, trying to think how many interceptions. And, yeah, they have 14 interceptions and nine lost fumbles in the season. So uh, that's not ideal. Haven't held onto the ball very well, but the, the injuries have also extended to um, wide receiver and running back. Um, their best wide receiver coming back from last season, Bennett Skourneck, um, he hasn't played since September due to surgery. Um, their leading touchdown catcher, who is all of two touchdowns but is has a commanding lead among receivers with two touchdowns Jada Jefferson he's out indefinitely um one of their top wide receivers who's third on teams in receptions Kyrick McGowan, um missed the game against UMass with an injury uh, so they, honestly this is like a Jerry kill type passing game cuz they've got one one wide receiver <laughs> who ha- outpaces everyone in terms of receptions um he's got 43 I, his name's Riley Lees. he's got 43 and i think the next highest is like 16 Um, but he, he leads the team with 330 receiving yards and to put that into context I think Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman both have 900 yards each and Northwestern's leading receiver has 330 yards all right true honest moment here is there a single player
0: on their offensive roster now that you've looked at them to prepare your preview is there a single player that you're afraid of
1: I mean this sounds arrogant but I mean no I mean even there, even the good running back I'd say Bowser from last season who had a good game he had like a, he can't he emerged like mid-season for him and he had a pretty good game against Minnesota last year he's injured he's out for the season with an injury so they had to rely on a true freshman Drake Anderson who's been you know reasonably successful for a true freshman but I mean this like there's just no playmakers on this offense it's it's honestly I've not seen an offense this bad all season
0: so wait, they're better. They're, you would be more afraid of players on Rutgers' team than you would be on Northwestern's offense?
1: Statistically, this offense is worse than Rutgers. Ugh. Like they rank this literally in the country, they rank 129th in scoring offense because they average 14.5 points per game. Um, and that, uh, think about that. They have they average 14.5, and they've had two games where they scored more than 30 points. And those are those so those are boosting their average. Because against against Big Ten teams in seven Big Ten games, they've averaged nine point two points per game on offense. Nine point two points per game against Big Ten opponents.
0: It's it's really bad. That's a thing. Um Andy, what what, is there a point level knowing all this? Is there a point level at which if they score more than X number of points, you're just going to be like, what the hell, Minnesota?
2: Yeah, you know, assuming everybody on our defense is healthy, which it seems like it it should be, if, if, if Northwestern scores more than probably, I'll say more than probably 17, I'll start to question what's going on. Um, unless the only way, I guess, would be, you know, like we sort of saw against... Um, that would be who do we play the third night conference game? I'm blanking. No, Georgia, Georgia Southern. Yeah, where where all of a sudden we hand them 14 points. I mean that would be. That yeah, would, sorry, I should. Yeah,
0: I should have I should have qualified instead if the offense
2: scores yes. over us. Yeah, if, if Northwestern's offense scores more than 17, I think something's gone significantly wrong, and um, we're really going to have to have a a conversation about where this defense is sitting going into the end of the year because that would have been a significant regression here the last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I really don't see that happening. I mean, uh, honestly, it, you know, it's probably a good thing that, that Hull won't play just for the pure, um, hey, did you know he's he's one of us? Did, did you know he's a Maple Grove kid? I did know that. Oh, yeah. God, but, I didn't know that. Yeah, did, did you know that the Gophers didn't offer him a scholarship last year? So I think hopefully him not playing will avoid somebody avoiding that line of speaking for four quarters um but yeah like like blake said i mean this offense is is really struggling and, and in theory this gopher defense if they're on top of their game is is one of the better defenses in the big 10 so uh that should be a significant mismatch even if the gopher offense isn't clicking it at, at full steam you know it, it, it right now i don't think this northwestern game you're playing for you know playing for uh Beauty points. You're just looking to go in, get a grinded out win and, and move on to you know, the game that will define your season a week from Saturday.
0: So basically what I'm taking away is I'm gonna look for Antoine Winfield Jr. to extend his uh, career um, lead in interceptions for a single season and potentially Go out and maybe get himself back into the lead nationally, and set himself up with interceptions, and set himself up for that Bronco Nagurski. That's what I, that's what I'm taking from it. All right, Blake, real quick, defense. Northwestern's been hanging their hat on it all year. Early in the season, that you know people kept waiting for it to pull them out, and it never did. What do you fear most about this Northwestern defense?
1: Honestly, it's a it's a pretty good defense, especially considering how much like they're on the field because the offense is obviously. Historic levels of ineptitude, um, but I mean, looking at the looking at their Big Ten games so far, the defense in the first half has kept them in most of their games. The two games really where things kind of got out of hand in the first half were Ohio State in Indiana and Ohio State. I mean, they're going to do what what they do to everybody. Yeah, they're they're a mur- they're a murder ball. Team. But in the Indiana. What they did was capitalize on those turnovers. I think they had two fumble recoveries um, in the first quarter. I won in the first quarter, or one early in the second quarter. That's how they kind of built their lead by creating short fields. Um, everyone else, it was like, you know, scores of 14-3, 7-3, 10-3, 10-0, 16-7. so as bad as the uh, Northwestern's offense has been, um, their defense has like really clawed to keep them in games. And I think – you know, they're average against the pass, average against the run, but where they really excel is in the red zone. And I know as I say that, you're probably, you know, having flashbacks to the Iowa game where Minnesota struggled in the red zone. Um, so that to me, that's going to be the decider, uh, is how Minnesota performs in the red zone compared to how they did against Iowa. Because I think there's been 34 drives inside the red zone against Northwestern, um, and they've only allowed opposing teams to score in 80% of those trips, and they've held them to a field goal on nine occasions. So... Um, Minnesota I, mean, I, I honestly I am not that worried, but I really think they need to at least early in the early goings find the end zone not settle for field goals, especially with how inconsistent you know Brock Walker's been um, since uh, the starting kicker you know Michael Lance got injured and who knows what his status is for Saturday so um, it's pretty clear they can't lean on special teams they really need to find the end zone. Um, obviously the big question mark is who's going to be a quarterback from Minnesota if Tanner Morgan can't go. Um, I, I have to think that even if it's, whether it's Jacob Clark or, um, Cole Kramer, the secondary should be outmatched against their, you know, Minnesota's wide receivers. Um, Northwestern's best cover corner Greg Newsom actually is out for the season. Um, they do have kind of a good sophomore camera and, um they have another senior at quarterback, Trey Williams, but their their safeties have been pretty uh, have been a pretty big liability in coverage. But um I do think that, you know, we we know what these wide receivers from Minnesota can do. Um, and if there is a freshman at quarterback, you know Path year old is gonna dial up, you know, seven or eight in the box and force a true freshman to beat them. Um, so I could see this being a low-scoring game just because of the red zone defense, freshman at quarterback, and you know, a pretty good Northwestern defense, but um, I do think this will be one um, through the air and in the red zone.
0: Yeah, I remember when people started talking about, because I had kind of forgotten that the last time we threw a true freshman really into the fire on the road was uh, at Northwestern in 2015. It was Demi Croft. And at first I was like, oh God, yeah, that was that was bad. And then, I mean, first of all, both these guys, they're better than Demery Croft. Demery Croft was a kill Lime Grover recruit, which meant he had positional flexibility and they could have moved him to wide receiver or tight end. That was every single quarterback they ever recruited. So we've got two guys who are actual quarterbacks first, and they've got three guys who are better than any wide receiver who ever played under kill or Lime Grover. I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like even in a game where you've got freshmen, you've got a situation where you can put Bateman on a slant, hit him on a six yard slant, and then suddenly he splits the defenders and runs seventy yards for a touchdown. Cause we've watched him do that multiple times against multiple
1: defenses. I say well, one thing I do I would like to see, I think I think we know what the wide receivers are capable of. Um I really want to see the running game get going. We, the last two weeks, you know, it's been two tough defenses. Northwestern's pretty tough too, but I think we've only averaged about um, 90 yards um, on the ground. And Rodney Smith, I do not he's been around 50, 46 the last two games. So I really, I think that would do a lot to take pressure off whoever's that quarterback. Um, I just really think Minnesota needs to get back to kind of imposing their will on the offensive line. Um, which is what they did against, you know, the lesser competition uh, back in Big Ten play. So uh, I really, am really looking for a return to form um, for this offense. But I don't know if we'll see it. I think, I think it maybe ended up being an ugly game where they just they score what they need to score to win, and it's not, you know, a hugely impressive game. But at this point in the season, if Tanner's, you know, concussed, just do what you got to do and win the game. But I'd like to see them run it a little bit better than they have the last two weeks.
0: All right, we're going to switch directions and talk a little bit of women's basketball here, as well as get our predictions for Saturday. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsors. All right, normally this is when we would start talking about hockey, Uh, (laughs) but no, that's no fun. Uh, We might talk about men's basketball, but that's no fun. Women's hockey continues to be really good, so we're just going to go... Congratulations. Thank you for being awesome. And we're going to turn our attention to the surprise non-rev team, which right now is women's basketball. They've been up and down, struggled in a number of their non-conference games, taken a loss or two they shouldn't have. But they also just went out and upset number 17 Arizona State, which I was not expecting at all. I mean, Andy, was there any indication to you that this team was going to go out and do something like that?
2: You know, I mean, that's sort of the problem with this team is I think they're still trying to find themselves out. Um, I mean, really their only loss of the year was the opener to Missouri State, and they sort of honestly got set in a bad spot where they had to open at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon, and they just didn't have a vibe and an atmosphere or anything like that. And so um, they came out cold and, and couldn't recover. But, uh, you know, they've come out the last couple of games. They easily beat up on a outmatched Vermont team, and then uh, they played... Uh, there's an annual school game against Milwaukee and, and took care of the Panthers. And, um, so, you know, I thought we thought it would be a good game last Sunday when, uh, Arizona state came to the barn and and it was a gold out. Um, and they, they, they took care of business. Uh, the Gophers ended up upsetting the Sun Devils, 80 to 66, um, really jumped out right on top from the beginning, outscored Arizona state 20 to nine in the first quarter, um, and it was really the play of, of Destiny Pitts and, and Godiva Hubbard. Uh, Pitts ended up scoring 22 points to lead all and went over the 1,000-point mark for Minnesota. Uh, she's now the 25th player in Gopher history to hit the 1,000-point mark. Um, reminder, she's only a junior, so she's got plenty of time to keep working on that. Um, you know, it was nice to see uh, Diva Hubbard come alive. She had sort of uh, she's coming off of uh, foot surgery didn't play at all last year and she still looked really rough in that in Missouri State game. Uh, obviously her first game back in, in over a year and a half and, and didn't quite have it but she's looked better and better. She ended up scoring 20 points against the Sun Devils, uh, made four three-pointers in 33 minutes so I think she's starting to get her groove back and starting to do and uh, you know Minnesota started out the year ranked which was probably a bit of overrated uh, You know, I don't think anybody really thought they were that good of a team coming in um but they've taken care of business now they're three and one in the non-conference um and you know they've got a couple more easy games before things get really interesting uh they take montana state and bryant the next couple of games and then a week from wednesday they head to uh number two notre dame to play the fighting irish in the big 10 acc challenge um that will be a test to really see where this gopher program is, if they can uh, stick around with one of the, one of the big major programs in the country. Um, But Lindsay Whalen does have this team in the right way. Uh, You know, obviously national signing day was, was uh, last week and quietly uh, she put together the 18th class, 18th ranked class in the country. Um, They signed three players in the early signing period. Um, Alexia Smith, uh, She's a uh, point guard, ranked the number 46th uh, player in the country. Uh, Aaron Hedman from New Berlin, Wisconsin, is a 6'3 center. Uh, she's ranked the number 75th ranked overall player in the country. And uh, Smith is from uh, Columbus, Ohio, which is interesting that the Gophers stole a player out of the Buckeyes. Uh, five-star recruit, uh, 15th ranked guard in the class. First five-star recruit for either the men's or women's program to sign with anybody since 2011. Um, So she has the potential to be a really big star coming down the street. Uh, And then Minnesota added one other player. uh, That would be Carolyn Strand. Strand out of Racine, Wisconsin. Uh, She's already the school, Racine Lutheran High School, already the school's all-time leader in points, field goals made, free throws made, steals and assists. And she's just playing her senior year this year. Um, she's the number 29 guard in the country, uh, so she'll be a, a scorer, two guard. So uh, Whalen going to get the post player that the Gophers really could use and a couple other scoring guards. So uh, things are looking up in this direction for the Gophers. Whalen seems to have them pointing in the right direction, and uh, hopefully they can continue to knock off a couple more easy non-conference games before that Notre Dame game here on December 4th.
0: Love it. All right, we're going to go prediction time. Uh, Blake, what is your score prediction for the Northwestern
1: game? Uh, with the uncertainty at quarterback and knowing how good Northwestern is on defense, um, word of caution, people I would not be surprised if this is a close game in, in the first half. But fear not. I think even in an ugly, low-scoring game, uh, the better team prevails. I think I've, uh, Minnesota comes out in top 24 to 13 and improves to 10 and 1. Andy, how about you?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be one of those flashy shootout games that we've seen um, a couple of times this season. It'll probably be a sort of drag them out, just sort of wear them down, uh, do what you got to do to win. You know turn around that turn around that northwestern defense after several three and outs and, and make them try and continue to stop the run or but whether it's Tanner Morgan or whether it's Jacob Clark I think uh, either way the quarterback will be able to find some holes and make some passes so uh, I'll take the gophers 28 to 10 um, but I I guess I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they even find a chance to make that a little bit wider margin if things go go well but we'll just we'll conservatively go 2810 Minnesota.
0: I kind of made my pick without worrying about what the quarterback situation was. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm not going to overthink it. I do think Jacob Clark, who I would expect to be the starter if Tanner Morgan is out just because he'll now be able to finish the season uh, without burning a red shirt if he, if he plays, including a bowl game. Um, well, no, I'm sorry. That would be wrong. He would he would uh, burn the red shirt with the bowl game. Anyway, I, I, Jacob Clark's who I would expect to play. I'm going to go with 31-10 Minnesota. I'm not overly worried. Um, I don't think it'll be a pretty game necessarily, but I don't really expect a loss in any way. So, oh, all right. Um, I I know for me, I'm going to just let the sting go at this point if I haven't already. Get ready for Northwestern. Get ready for potentially 10-1, and which will only be the second 10-1 season in my lifetime and the first to happen in the regular season, which is just absolutely crazy. So, Get ready for all the rest of the content coming to you this week. We've got game previews. We've got score predictions, all that good stuff coming on the blog. In the meantime, go Gophers. Skyuma. Row the boat.